is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Jeremy, hey. What's up, Chris Wilterdink of Discipleship Ministries? How are you? I, I have some really big news to share with you that I didn't tell you in our planning ahead of time. Oh, yeah. All right. Ready for the reaction shot? Over the weekend, I finally made it through phase four of all the Marvel movies with my kids. <laughs> so <laughs> my children now. What are wait, their they, phases? My, my, there are. And I'm not like, it, it's as far as I've gone. Okay. So like, I know that there's a whole... <laughs> Marvel universe, right? Much like there's right. the Star Wars universe or any of these other fandoms. Lord of the Rings would be another one because there's the like Superman, Batman, sure. all that. Right. Yeah. So there, there's these universes. And and I've only gone so far, right? So I I made it to the end of the Infinity War saga, which was in theory phase four of all the Marvel movies. Okay. You know, that, like because it started, you know, whatever back in 2010 with Iron Man or you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but my children now like have finally caught up and so if they now so choose they can go on and they can watch loki or any of the other marvel shows on disney plus <laughs> and be more culturally relevant than i am which is a real goal as a parent that's right uh, right it, it's been a struggle for me to get back into that it was an odd sort of a thing to go through because it, it reminded mm-hmm. me before we get into our topic for the day it right. reminded me in a very weird way about like christianity <laughs> um <laughs> Because there's some people that really geek out about it, right? Like, oh, right, yeah. In the whole world. And there's some people that only want to go so far, right? Like, you can can lose people when you start to nerd out and geek out and get too deep into some things. uh, Right, for sure. Theology and those kind of things. So anyway, we may have to talk about that in a future episode, but it major milestone in my kid's life. They have now seen Thanos get defeated and they know what happens when Iron Man snaps Iron Man's fingers. So there you go. Okay. Okay. I'm so glad for you. Thanks. Me too. I, I know some of what you just said. <laughs> do you have a, fa- but before we talk real stuff, do you have a fandom that you're like readily identifiable as? Apple computers? Uh, Apple would count. Okay. Yeah. Good. So Apple computers, Rob Bell. I don't know. Maybe. Cause, cause you could lose me really fast talking too much Apple stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like Steve Jobs, I, I should say, like Steve Jobs lore. I've read every Steve Jobs biography at least once. Really? Yeah. Have you seen the Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs movie? I sure did. Oh, you're in too deep. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I watched it. But that that is a convergence of two of my fandoms, which is Steve Jobs and Aaron Sorkin slash West Wing. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. I thought you were going to go Steve Jobs and Ashton Kutcher. And I, like, <laughs> I didn't know you were such a big Kutcher fan, man. That's, that's really cool. Tell me more about that. Um, well, <laughs> now that nobody is watching anymore, that's or right. listening anymore, if you're on the podcast, the link um, for me in how we started actually is there's this line in infinity war where Thanos okay just says like, I am inevitable, right? There is this mm-hmm. whole idea that he is bringing conflict to the universe mm-hmm. and that conflict is inevitable. It's something that cannot be avoided. Yeah. Um, and it is something that has to happen for the good of everybody. 
And I don't know, that, that's kind of what we're going to wrestle with today, right? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think, I guess, conflict, particularly that happens, you know, with adults in the youth ministry, right? Conflict happens between teenagers and that's its own brand of uh, mm-hmm. having to process and deal with that. Um, but it gets a little, I think, <laughs> more complicated when it's between adults, right? So, Chris, do you have any have any examples <laughs> of said conflict? I mean, I do. Um, before I get into a couple of them, I do want to say it is fascinating that we often think it's more complicated with adults because shouldn't we be able to be adults and say adult things, right? Like be able to approach things in a mature way. And sometimes it it just doesn't happen, right? Like we, we end up reverting to some of those um, same sort of patterns that we would have found ourselves in as adolescents or as young people Um, because just because we're a few years older, we may not be, you know, processing our feelings any differently than we did when we were teenagers. Right. Right. Um, so maybe that's part of where it gets more complicated, right. Is we've got these advanced, uh, you know, sort of more advanced ages and we think the maturity comes along with that, but it doesn't always necessarily happen. Um, all right. So a couple of conflict stories, I can obviously try to share one or two where I think things went well, and I certainly can list several that did not go well either. Maybe those are the easiest ones for me to start with. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I had a, let's see. Uh, so I had a volunteer at my local church who really was, um, I, I would say, very popular with the youth, right? Um, and a, a part of this person's sort of, tact in in ministry and being a volunteer was to, you know, not only do things that were sort of officially part of church stuff, but then also um, invite students to their house um, and sort of do these like additional extracurricular outside of ministry sort of things. And, you know, they would always let me know about it. Um, and so that, that was good in terms of the transparency side of, you know, me knowing what's happening where and that kind of a thing. Um, but because of it, there ended up being some tension that formed in the youth group because you were either in or you were out, right? Like you were somebody that could get invitations to these outside the church things and really be part of the uh, group uh, as volunteer, or right. you were left out and you knew you were left out because you never got the invite to go and you know, have the extra pizza or use the hot tub or whatever. Um, And so we, we ended up having to have a conversation about that. And I, I, this was when I was in my early twenties and probably did not understand all of the dynamics that can go along with those kind of conflicts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in me trying to address that issue, it came across to the volunteer uh, as if it was like a personal attack, right? Like, right. I don't want these people coming over to your house because I do not like you, uh, which was not the, tr- which was not the case, right? Which is right. not yeah. at all. It was, I'm trying to avoid the, our group having an in and an out group and people feeling left behind because not everybody has the opportunity to do this really cool thing with you. Um, but the way it was heard and to own it some, right? Like maybe in some of the way it was communicated by me, it came across as a really personal thing, um, which was hard, 
And, and so when, yeah. when I, I guess me sharing that one is like <clears throat> when you have some of the inevitable conflicts in ministry, uh, at least in my own experience, it's helpful to try to keep them away from being personal. Um, if that makes sense, right. It, it's less about the person as it is about the situation that's, you know, causing the discomfort. Yeah. I think, you know, I had a, a situation where we had two volunteers, um, that, uh, just did not get along. Mm, okay. And, um, and, they, you know, when you, you know, one volunteer would come and say, oh, this person's being inappropriate with these kids, right? They would explain, tell the story and you'd be like, oh, wow, that sounds really bad. And then the other volunteer would come and say, oh, that volunteer is being inappropriate with these kids. And they would tell you the story and be like, oh man, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, when you start trying to like dig into these things, you, none of it sounds sounds accurate right mm -hmm. both of them seem to be okay right like but for whatever reason they just did not like each other and um and they both were frustrated with me when i would not do the thing right when i would not respond in the way that they were wanting um and so then their their sort of frustration sort of boiled over and uh, I would have, a, I started hearing from teenagers, right? Mm, okay. That, you know, this one volunteer told them that this other volunteer did something really bad. Mm -hmm. right? And that's when, that's when I sort of had to call it, right? You had, it was boiling over. They were being inappropriate, right? This conflict was going beyond them and it was getting into the teenagers and, you know, I talked to my pastor and or my supervisor, and and we we basically came to the conclusion that um, we're going to have to let them uh, let them go, right? Mm -hmm. Let them do something that was not visible or directly with kids, yeah. right? Um, because we had had a couple of conversations along the way and said, Hey, this is weird. I, I don't know. It's like, you guys got to beef with each other. When I look into these things, they don't seem that bad. Right. And they're like, Oh no, no, no. I don't have a beef with her. Right. And so we, we basically, we said, look, I've, I've had teenagers coming to me concerned about the other person. Mm -hmm. And when I asked them, did they see that? They said, no, they, they heard it from you. And like, that's, that's not appropriate. Like I, I can't have that happening. And, uh, and so I just need you to take a break for a little bit from the, like the student side. Right. Mm. I understand your passion about youth ministry. We've got a lot of behind the scenes work that can be done, but I, I need, I need a cooling off period between the two of you mm. um, because the students are starting to like, be affected by it and, and get drawn into your drama. And that went, um, for the sake of the podcast, I should mention that oh, right. you do have like <laughs> a doorbell doorbell. in your office that you cannot figure out how to unplug or turn off, which is okay. Right. I just wanted everybody listening to know, it's not like you're saying a bonus word and we're sending out <laughs> like a prize every time that the ding dong happens or whatever. I just, right. yeah, there's too many game shows. I, I spent too, too many, many game shows. Yeah. So it's not one of those. 
Sorry, everybody. Yeah, who's listening. Uh, as a anyway. corntastic response. Yeah. So it went as you might imagine. They both got really happy and did the work that you would, you know, they didn't. They called the senior pastor who knew what was going to happen, right? The yeah. weird conversation. We're so, having. so did you talk with the senior pastor about what you were going to do before you did it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. so, so that's a big part of, you know, if we're talking about conflict and managing it within your volunteer team or within adults within the church, not being alone, right? It, it's not creating a triangle when you are helping um, avoid surprises, right? Like the people that yeah. care about you, your supervisors, they don't want to be surprised by hearing about something for the first time if it's, you know, on on this sort of level of a thing. Well, and I, my personal feeling is that like, anything that's really difficult or really huge, like yeah. any big decision or dramatic decision is something that deserves collaboration. Yep. Um, so collaborating on how to respond to some, a situation like this with your supervisor and, and or senior pastor um, is really helpful because when it's something like this, it is gonna like 99% of the time, it's gonna go up the chain and you need them to get your back, right? That's right. Um, so, we, we may have to save it for a future episode, but um, I don't know if I've ever heard something totally great about how to fire a volunteer. Um, which means that, that is our next episode. It may have to be, and honestly, we're going to have to do a little research for it because it's really hard. I mean, I, I, I can think about similar conflicts with a, in a couple of cases leading, you know, um, different levels of ministry. But when you've got somebody that's volunteering their time, um, but it's very clear that they're not the right fit or they're having conflicts, you know, with youth, with parents, with other volunteers, um, you know, how to gracefully try to navigate that conversation could yeah. be a really interesting one for us to dive into another time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so some other conflicts I've seen, right. Are, um, mission trips, right. Those extended periods of time yeah. when you've got groups of people with each other that, you know, you are, eating together, you're sleeping in, you know, bunk dorm rooms, or, you know, you're not in your own bed, you're working hard during the day. Um, emotionally and, and physically exhausted. Yeah. And and those kind of things really allow conflict to rise to the surface pretty quickly. And so I, I can think of several trips, um, you know, where there were volunteers that I, I and sponsors that were there that would kind of tolerate each other. Um but right. not really want to spend all that much time with each other, which really was okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there was two trips uh, in particular, same, same two people, honestly, between the two trips. Um, and this was, again, a learning for me, maybe a, a, as I got more experienced in ministry. But, you know, after the first one, um, maybe I was young enough and naive enough to just sort of think that the trip was over. And so the conflict was done, right? We would all be back home. And it just wasn't anything that we had to put a lot of energy into talking about. So we'd sort of go back to life as normal, which was totally inaccurate and wrong, right? Um, the conflict was still there or the the yeah. memories of it at least, right? And and those would affect how those people would treat each other and how I would make decisions as a leader because I mm -hmm. knew that there was this thing that we didn't deal with. The second trip happened and and some of the same stuff started to pop up and we knew that it wasn't like the right place to really get deep, deep, deep into the conflict uh, because we're pouring our right. lots of other places. But on the second trip with these two people that had, had history of a, a previous conflict, taking time with me 
and two other co-leaders that were on the trip to sit down with these two volunteers and say, okay, we know that, that you guys are not getting along. We know that things are not going well um, between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And so here's what we're going to do while we're on this trip. And when we get back, this is something that we just have to talk about when we've got good night's sleep, when we've had the appropriate amount of coffee that we're all used to um, and can just kind of chew on it together for a little bit. Um, and and I brought in, um, the, the, there was a person on our church staff team who was like the congregational care specialist. Um, and that pastor was awesome to be able to bring into this conversation because, um, they could kind of, um, ask questions. And then the two people that were in the big conflicts, myself, um, you know, we could sort of share our own experiences and our own perspectives in processing it. And, and that was a real learning thing for me. Um, because it, it was one of the core experiences as a leader that, that helped me just lock into the idea that there's multiple perspectives that can be true. Yeah. Um, because if something happened, you know, like we all have perspectives that we bring into a conflict. And so being able to recognize and value and hear somebody else's perspective, um, goes a long way into kind of figuring out where you need to go from there. Um, and also involving another person that was not me to help navigate the conflict, um, sort of let any of the negative energy go towards the the conflict and the topic itself instead of towards me or towards the other person that was in the original conflict or anything like that. Right. Um, that's really helpful. It, it really was. But man, yeah, do, doing it, like acknowledging it on the trip, dealing with it in depth afterwards was so much healthier than me avoiding the conflict in the first place. Yeah. And I I think the, the sort of last thing I'll, I'll say about about all this is that as you're doing that, um, it's really helpful to take notes of that. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, and, and to do it, you know, so if you have a, you know, conversation, um, where you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, how to do this, write those notes down, email them to yourself. And then, uh, after the conversation with the person, write those notes down, email them to yourself because uh, I mean, obviously that's helpful for legal reasons, but, but more importantly, I think it's helpful for you to be able to go back. There's been a couple of times where I've had really difficult things and I, and, you know, three, six, nine months later, I'm like, man, what, what did I blow that out of proportion? Like, did we overreact? Then you can go back, you read your notes and you're like, oh no, no, no that was right. Right. Like I had forgotten this. I've forgotten this because our, our brains want to make, I think things a more positive version of our past sometimes. And, uh, and we've sometimes forget the most difficult details. Um, and so those notes can be really helpful to you, um, when, when doing that. And, um, you can also send those to a supervisor to say, Hey, look, I had a conversation. Here's my notes from it. Just in case they get a phone call, they're prepared with, you know, how it went and, and those kind of things. Um, one of the other things that, that can be really helpful with um, is in the eventuality that there's ever like a change or a transition of some kind, right? Um, when I started in youth ministry, I came into a situation where um, probably a good part of the first year and a half was me learning the things that I did not know about the person or the right. team previous to me that was leading youth ministry. And so sometimes I would bump into conflicts that had nothing to do with me at all, but 
there were people that were still carrying that like emotional yeah. weight and that energy from the previous stuff. And, and there weren't any notes about um, this is why this is, or, you know, please be aware to expect, you know, these two people are going to want to talk to you about something that, ha- you know, those right. kind of things are really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, and being able to listen to those things with open ears. And, you know, honestly, if, if you're able to set the table for someone else to be successful, um, that's a big deal too. And honestly, yeah. those things can you help still. a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. We won't spend too much more time on conflict itself today. Um, besides <laughs> reminding ourselves of like Thanos and recognizing it's inevitable, like it will happen. It will happen. Uh, you are in ministry long enough. It, it will happen. Um, and the answer is to not ignore it for sure. Right. You, you cannot kind of tuck your head in the sand, but you have to do some of the hard work of being able to process it and, and be mature with it. Um, any last thoughts you might want to offer up, Jeremy? Yeah, I think, I think just that. And, and always, always collaborate. Find somebody who's appropriate to, to bring into your thinking and processing of that so that, um, so that you have a third party that can help you kind of see things clearly, especially if it's a conflict that you're involved in. Mm, great suggestion. Yeah. And we'll leave it there. All right, Jeremy, we'll see you next Monday. See you next Monday.